0: I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys.
1: This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are undoubtedly two of the 20th century's best and most influential directors and screenwriters. Rarely did these two collaborate, but the first time they did, they brought to life one of the greatest adventure series of all time, Indiana Jones. What is it that draws us to Indiana Jones and his archaeological adventures? Is it the quest for hidden treasures? Is it the thrill of uncovering the secrets of our long-lost past? Or is it the ridiculous, life-threatening situations into which he inevitably stumbles? Probably all of the above and more. But for some people, watching Indiana Jones isn't enough. Jim Barfield, sitting here with us today, is a firefighter and a criminal investigator from Oklahoma with a passion for the Bible and a fascination with the Dead Sea Scrolls, particularly the Copper Scroll, which, unlike the other Dead Sea Scrolls, is not a literary work, but rather a list of places. But not just random places. Places where, supposedly, buried in the ground are various items of gold and silver. In other words, a bona fide treasure map. So in a sense, today on the podcast, we're joined by a real-life Indiana Jones, here to tell us the story of the Copper Scroll. Is Jim Barfield? How are you today? I'm wonderful. You guys are building me up way too much. <laughs> are you kidding? When I, I mean, when I first read about this, yeah. The, I mean, I, I knew about the Dead Sea Scrolls generally, but when I first read about the Copper Scroll, I was like, holy shit! So, what excuse is my language, but this is so cool. What is the Copper Scroll? <clears throat> It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a
2: scroll, about seven feet long, approximately two meters, uh, and about a foot wide. And it's got 17 columns, or seventy twelve 12 columns of uh, Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, that describes the locations of what I believe is 57 locations of the most amazing treasures and temple artifacts that you could possibly imagine.
0: Where is it right now? Where is the scroll, the scroll or where are the treasures? The scroll.
2: The scroll is in Jordan. among Jordan.
1: Screw the scroll, man. Where are the treasures? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and the treasures, I'll tell you right up front, they're, they're at Qumran.
1: Qumran. Yeah. So wait, the scroll is in the, in the possession of the Jordanians? How come? Yeah,
2: because they, the Jordanians owned the, the property whenever uh, they found the Copper Scroll. They, that, uh, so they got the Copper Scroll and they took it to Jordan. Is it that,
0: in a museum or something? Yeah,
2: it's in Amman. It's a matter of fact, one of the people that bought the our book, the Copper Scroll Project book, he went into, a, into the uh, Jordanian Museum, and he's holding the book up, and he took a picture and sent it to Shelley. It was just awesome that the guy would do that. He, he loved it that much. That's amazing. It was great. And Shelley
1: is actually the author of the yes, book? Yes, Shelley niece's is her Shelley niece, And she did an amazing job, beautiful job writing the book. So let's go back a little. Okay. When, when, does, when does the Copper Scroll get discovered? By whom? How does the whole thing start? The Copper Scroll
2: was actually found in 1952. Uh, they were actually doing an excavation. Most of the Dead Sea Scrolls were found by Bedouins doing illegal operations and selling them on the black market in Jerusalem and other places. Uh, but that was one of the, the most important scroll that they found, the, a legitimate uh, excavation out there that turned up this Copper Scroll and they they found accidentally found it i mean they were on the last few days of last minutes really of the excavation of the caves trying to find more dead sea scrolls when one of the guys looked behind what looked like a false wall where the ceiling had collapsed down he looked behind it and there, are sitting on a shelf of dirt was the Copper Scrolls sitting up there, and wow. they, they grabbed yeah, and, it.
0: And the Dead Sea Scrolls, if you can explain in a sentence, what are they? The Dead Sea Scrolls are, um,
2: they're, all the texts of Scripture are represented there except for one book, the Book of Esther. It's not, not found in the Dead Sea Scrolls there but are other than
1: that you have all five parts of five yeah. books of the bible and then yeah. the prophets the and torah all.
2: the yeah all the prophets they're represented there now some of them are only fragments but they're all represented
0: but the thing is it's the the oldest remain of the bible right that is known and in hebrew right yes it's in all hebrew. in hebrew well
2: there may be one or th- a few in Aramaic, but the the and majority it's How are in Hebrew. how
0: many years old like 1500? No 2, that,
2: oh, so. they're, they're much older than that. They're 2000 minimum and, and in my opinion 2300 years old uh and there were some of them of course that were written uh during the early Oh, uh, like one eighty one BC. There was there, there, there all the crazy
0: things. thing the is, reason is, is that it's war to word like yeah. like modern, like the Hebrew Bible we read today. Yeah. Is the reason yeah. that
1: they don't contain the the Esther because that actually was written afterwards? No,
2: no, yeah. I I really and I don't know that anybody really knows why they didn't include it in their library. But uh, Because so that far, is
1: the last, isn't that the last book to be written, or am I mistaken? N-
2: no, I don't believe so, but uh, regardless, um, it's not there. And uh-huh. it's uh, the only book in the our Bible today that doesn't mention the name of God.
0: Mm-hmm. But oh, we I do see. know that they didn't necessarily find uh, all the scrolls, right? They're, like, we don't know that everything was found. So no. maybe somewhere there is a Dead Sea Scroll with Esther, the book of Esther. Could be. could be seriously yeah and I and I agree with that possibility
1: okay so so the the copper scroll is discovered in 1952 you said 1952 and then um what's written on it it is
2: um like I said it's 12 columns and they 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 list uh it's a pattern first they tell you where to go they tell you how deep to dig and they tell you what to look for and the majority of the treasures are buried at um seven cubits which is approximately 12 feet which is approximately four uh meters which well, is
1: probably deeper though today or is it probably the it, same it's depth? a little
2: it's a i would say it's deeper because of the
0: sediment and the dirt and the dust that's piled up on top of it huh. but not much and all the locations there is the in around Qumran caves
2: every one of them except for one and it's uh, at well let me take that two but they're both the same location
0: and do they say what are the treasures to be found
2: yeah they do um most of them just say um, uh, gems or uh, ingots uh let me give you an example there's one location that uh, and it's not the only one but I'll, i'll tell you about this one it says that there are 900 talents of polished gold you know how much a talent weighs
0: it's like an apartment in tel aviv worth of gold Nah, don't, oh. don't exaggerate
2: oh maybe one
0: room <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i promise you you could buy a whole apartment complex with this how much is a talon 75 pounds is the best guess that they have 75, 75 kilos kilos that's like half 30 a human. 30 kilos i think 30 kilos of that's uh, a guesstimate i don't know that i'm not very good with the metrics. yeah system. it's about it's about
1: 30 30 wow and there's 90 of those 900. 900. 900. Holy shit! <laughs> oh, yeah, man. there's a lot. We're in the Aethon, wrong business.
0: Yeah, Ethan <laughs> wants to sign up for for the excavations. The,
2: you know what? I get emails every day, Mr. Barfield. God has told me that I need to be on your excavation. When he, well, he didn't tell me. You tell him to tell me, and I will get you maybe, on there. Maybe
0: his banker told him. To. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was
1: it. But it's important to note that you don't you you don't plan on keeping these treasures. Uh, no,
2: guys, it, this is holy. Yeah. This is holy th- items. I am I, I'm a religious man. I'm not a righteous man, but I am a religious man. You
0: look pretty righteous to me.
2: No <laughs> way, buddy. I'll tell you this. I don't I believe that those things should be treated with great respect and everything uh, the day that we start digging to see if they're there, we need to be very respectful of it. And it needs to be a recovery operation, not an excavation. You know, excavation, to get it with a brush and they brush it away. No, we need to get in there, do a, an incredibly good, uh, documentation, lots of photographs to see how everything was stacked in the ground. If in fact I'm correct, because someday they're going to want to bo- go back and they want to put ingots that look like gold <laughs> in the same exact location, leave the hole open. And then give tours to all of Israel and all the world are going to want to see this.
1: What's to say that the Jordanian, I mean, Kumwan is in Jordan? No, no, no. No, no, w- no. Where is Qumran?
0: Next to Jerusalem, somewhere. Ah, yeah. so oh, this is, is in,
2: in Israel. Yeah, it's in Israel. Yeah.
0: Okay, because I was going to say, if it's in Jordan, was to say that. So this is as this kids, location is here. As kids yeah. in Israel, in the school, one of the classic day trip is to the Qumran caves. You go there, you crawl inside it, and it's it's vast. The the caves were used by, uh, by uh, the Bar we ah. a few days before Lagobo like, Amir. That's where it? he hid. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the places they used, and they dug it even further, and they connected the tunnels. In fact, the whole country is connected with all kinds of tunnels from that era. <laughs> now, wait, are you talking about Qumran, or are you talking about Masada? No, I'm talking about Qumran. Okay. I, yeah, I'm almost certain that what I'm saying is not complete <laughs> bullshit. But, uh, no, no, but yeah, they, they used Qum- the, the tunnel systems. But... Uh, so you you were yeah asking. I was
1: I, so okay so you I mean it just kind of baffles my mind how no one has dug this stuff up yet I mean if it, there's a clear list and it inventories it's, it's everything it's, it, not it, it's not clear it's not
2: clear to scholars anyway I see. give it how to so? a fireman and he'll figure it out
0: <laughs> explain explain
2: here's the thing the the copper scroll really is a simple document. They tried to make it way more complicated. They tried to make it like it was Kabbalah, you know. There's some mystical. Do- no, it wasn't. Like it's riddles that clues yeah, that the need to be. Riddles. riddles. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 the first line says this, and if you understand the first line, you can figure it out. I sat down. It was during, uh, say, 2006. It was during um, dedication, the Feast of Dedication. The uh, oh gosh, I'm losing my mind here. Help me at Hanukkah. Hanukkah. for Hanukkah, goodness Hanukkah, sake yeah. I'm sorry it was during Hanukkah middle of Hanukkah I decided I'm gonna see if I can't figure this copper scroll out I was an investigator I won investigator of the year for Oklahoma international investigator of the year I was a pretty good investigator so I thought let me give it a try and I did I sat down at five o'clock in the morning had my coffee my Bible had my my Dead Sea Scrolls uh, trans- translation and I read the first line. It said, under the ruins in the valley of Accor. I thought, well, I know what's set of ruins in the valley of Accor, Qumran. And I had a map because I studied the Dead Sea Scrolls so much. I had them right there on my desk, and I pulled it over, and I started reading. I read the first one. it said, uh, at the steps extending east, 40 cubits, uh, 17 talents of silver service vessels, meaning vessels from the temple. So I looked at the map, and I looked for steps heading east. I found some. Only steps heading east. I measured them. I went by for a, to an official document, got the length of it, measured it, 40 cubits. I said, oh, we darn, That's neat. And Big no coincidence. One has
0: bothered to do that before you. No.
2: No, that's what is so we had, weird. We had
0: some pretty good archaeologists You've got in incredibly we, good archaeologists. But throughout the years, like, we had Pusha and people. Excellent archaeologists. Like, like and, and no one. No. The, you know what? They, the majority amazing. of them think this.
2: They think that the, those items are scattered all over Israel. Uh-huh. Come on, guys. Think. Think. That's tons and tons of gold and silver. They didn't have U-Haul trucks. They didn't have, you know, one-ton vehicles to go haul it around.
0: You know, they had guys to carry Do we carry know it. why they hid it? Yes. It's the treasures of the second temple?
2: No. First temple.
0: First temple. First temple. And they hid it from? They
2: hid it from the Babylonians. Uh-huh. Remember Jeremiah? He told everybody, don't fight. Don't argue with the Babylonians. Just load your stuff and go into captivity, because you're going to go. He said, you're going to go, and you're going to go
1: for 70 years. Give us a little bit of background, so because I'm not a Bible scholar. Oh, so, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what what, what uh, time period are we talking about and the Babylonians? The time period is a Jeremiah time frame. Okay. Whenever
2: Jeremiah was a prophet. Matter of fact, there was Jeremiah, there was Haggai, Zechariah, uh, Ezekiel, and Baruch, of course, was there. His scribe, Jeremiah's scribe. Uh, That's a bunch of guys. This is what, like 70? uh, It was in the year, most scholars date it to about 586 B.C., uh, 606 B.C. I'm telling Baloney. Baloney. It was around 410 B.C. I also do uh, biblical chronology. And there's a a Jewish gentleman, his name is Cantor. He did the same thing I did. Uh, I went from Adam all the way to the destruction of the second temple and I documented every single year on a Microsoft uh, Excel document. And as a matter wow. of fact, I went all the way to the year 2040, past this, this time frame. And I documented everything and I put it, if it says from Adam to Seth was oh, 130 years, I recorded it. If it was Seth to whoever after him, 150 years, I recorded it and it's precise because it's an Excel document. If you do that and you trust what the scriptures say, oh, my gosh, all of the prophecies are perfect. They're just, and I didn't do it to prove anything. I just did it because I wanted to put all the prophets with the right kings, right kings with the right prophets, and make sure I understood where they were placed in this story. Right. It's pretty confusing. It is confusing, especially if you're just reading... uh, Jeremiah, that book of Jeremiah is is just jumbled up. Yeah. Zedekiah will be here, and then Josiah will be here, and then, you know, it's just jumbled up. Well, I put it in order. I am very... some people say anal, but yeah. I don't like that one. <laughs> say OCD. OCD, that's a yeah. good one. I am, and I've got to have everything
0: lined up. That's why I did so well in the
2: military. I liked everything yeah. lined
0: up. but the fixation on on the Dead Sea Scrolls initially, how did that come about?
2: Bible study. I love I love Bible study. Once I got into it, and I quit drinking and running around and chasing women, I thought, you know what? <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I don't want some. In Oklahoma, you don't want some preacher telling. I didn't want some preacher telling me what to believe. I didn't want the rabbis telling me what to believe. With due respect to both groups, I didn't want that. I wanted to read it for myself.
1: So, okay, I want to get into the. I want to get into your personal story, but before that, I feel like there's still a couple of holes to fill because, I guess uh, it's a double entendre. But, but uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of things that I'm trying to understand. So. How is it, I mean, could it possibly be that someone has already raided these, these sites and the treasure is no longer there?
2: They, I'm, I'm sure that there's a portion of it that's gone because mm-hmm. whenever they came back out of the Babylonian captivity after the 70 years, they needed money. They needed money to build Zerubbabel's temple. Zerubbabel's temple was a pathetic little thing compared to Solomon's. It was, it was very tight. They even cried over it because it, it was so pitiful but um they needed money so in the in the book of haggai it says it says the gold is mine the silver is mine thus saith the lord well haggai was actually one of the guys if you believe what is said in emek uh, HaMelech, it, it says that um uh those two boys boys were the ones that wrote down the instructions they were the ones that wrote the copper scroll along with three other guys so a total of five men wrote the Copper Scroll, and they did that, and the reason they they divided it into five groups would be why. One group buried 12 locations, another one 10, and I don't remember exactly what they are, but they divided it up, those 57 locations, so that if one man in that team went bad and he goes back years later to dig it up, because that stuff belongs to God, they would only get one-fifth, one thank you, one-fifth mm-hmm. of the uh, treasure. They wouldn't get it all. But I believe there's none of it that was pilfered. They, they, they went back and got a portion of it just for the rebuilding of the temple. But I talked to a rabbi about this. And the, the gold and silver that's out there now, in the vessels, a lot of vessels from the temple time frame. He looked at me. He said, He said, Mr. Barfield, this is the dowry for the coming bride. And it just lit up inside of me. I never thought of it that way. This is like any other bride, you know. When the when the husband comes, the father is he's got a dowry set up for her. He said that's what this is, and it makes so much sense to me.
1: The coming bride, bride. being, Br- being... The,
2: uh, Israel being reunited okay, again. Uh, all the documents that talk about the Copper Scroll there's two and there's others that talk about the, the temple treasures it says when those treasures are brought back it will be the time of the coming of the mashiach and it'll be the time of the regathering of the nation of israel because the regathering of the nation of israel happened in 1943 no, 1947 it's that's when it all began it's not over with yet and if you believe that trump is king cyrus his job is not done yet either because Cyrus also, not only did he help start uh, the temple re- being rebuilt, he brought back all of the vessels. So I'm gonna need to call Trump when he gets here in a few days. What's tomorrow, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Trump. Trump's not that we know expected
0: to be here. Not that we know of. You really? guys
2: don't keep up.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, seriously, I believe he's supposed to be but here. There's the convention next month. Maybe next month in uh, in the Middle East. Yes, or in next. Yeah, in the beginning of June, like in a week or so. Okay. Maybe that's well, look, yeah. either way. If
1: you get him on the line, that's yeah, uh, I'll get him on the line. I'll talk <laughs> to D-
2: Donnie, buddy, listen, you got to go get the treasures at the at Qumran.
1: So, okay, so where does where does this really meet you? Like, how do you uh, you you said that you started uh, getting interested in it from your own Bible study. Did you yep. grow up uh, religious?
2: Oh my gosh, no,
1: really. So, no. how did you how did you kind of find your way towards religion? Well. We'd been
2: out drinking and dancing on the weekend, me and my wife. Tuesday night you gotta understand I was Christian at the time. We we come home from a Saturday night going out drinking and having a good time. I mean, we weren't weren't terrible people, but we weren't living for God. It was a Tuesday night. Wednesday night they always have Bible studies in Oklahoma. And she said I said to her, You know what, Laurie? We need to we need to make some changes. I said, We need to start going to we need to start going to it wouldn't come out. I mean, it was embarrassing to me to say we need to start serving God. But when it did, I was angry. She, and she was laughing at me. She said, good, because tomorrow night, Heather and I, which is my little girl, we're going to church in this little, in our little hometown. Same time, we came to that understanding. And that's whenever I began. I'm At that time, I didn't know anything about the Bible. But that's where it all began.
1: And what do you mean you weren't living for God? I mean, what is it? Why, why did it, what, what felt wrong in your life, I guess?
2: There's, there's a feeling of, the, of emptiness that I, that I can't explain that I experienced. A feeling of emptiness. But whenever I decided to turn to God, I'm telling you, the next day, the sun was brighter. It was, it was strange. It was like a, a, a revelation had been given to me, and it was a wonderful, warm, and exciting feeling. And I told myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to dig in. Just like I told you guys earlier, I'm going to dig in because I want to know what this is all about. That's where all this began. And that's what led me to the Copper Scroll Project.
0: But from just, you know, being curious to the mission you embarked on, there's a crazy gap. I mean, how, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> how did you decide to go to this, like, you decided basically to devote your life, Right. Yeah. To that cause.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the first step was making what I like to call making aliyah to God. The next one was making aliyah to the understanding, the scriptures, the Torah, the the Tanakh, the, the whole thing. And I'd already been studying about the, the Jesus time frame. But I, I, she and I both, my wife and I both came to the conclusion that Torah was wonderful and, and totally life itself at the same time which is strange in Oklahoma you know they they read the Old Testament but they then that's what they call it the Old Testament well baloney it is the Word of God and that's that's where the it all started coming together and I started studying everything Jewish all the holidays all the I even tried to buy a a set of the Talmud so I could start reading that there was just an an incredible desire it was beyond hunger it was just incredible and I just dug into it. And, and
1: you, you said, you, keep in, you told me before, keep in mind, you, we were Christian then. Are you no longer Christian? Not in the, no, no, not in that sense
2: at all. Matter of fact, I went before a bit then here in, Jeru, no, in Jerusalem. I went before a bit then, I, and I uh, uh, became what is commonly called Noachite. I don't like that, because everybody's Noachite. It's Gertrusha. It's what we became, my wife. Um, a couple of my buddies, uh, we, that's what we did.
1: Meaning, meaning so you, you didn't convert to Judaism, but no. you kind of accepted that Christianity isn't the true religion. Judaism is, but I'm not Jewish. Well, let me tell you this, is that Qumran is going to make some serious
2: changes uh, and then have some incredible revelation to both religions. And I don't mean that in disrespect in any way to either religion. Uh, I certainly lean way, 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 way more toward my Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, but I, I didn't convert for a reason. That reason is I didn't know what I was doing. And if I messed, made a big mistakes or made mistakes, I didn't want my Jewish brothers getting blamed for it. And that's the, truly what, the way I felt. Now, my son-in-law, my, he, he is a con- conservative. And my youngest son, uh, he is in the process of Chabad. I mean, they—they mm. they really, but you know, I, I feel good about that because, you know, they're young. They—they're not old like me and got set in my ways. So it's exciting for me, and I encourage them. So you fall
0: much. in love with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yep. And then what happens?
2: That's whenever. And this was in nine, No, no, I'm sorry. 2006 when I made the discovery. Like I said, it was during Hanukkah. It's cold i get up i got my coffee and i start reading and within five minutes believe it don't believe it i don't care within five minutes i knew how to understand the copper scroll within 20 minutes i had the first five figured out that is crazy
0: how many squirrels are there
2: How I many? there there are 57 lines or 50 57 different hiding locations, uh-huh. burial locations. Okay. So what do you mean you had it figured out? You had located yeah. the spots where, knew where the, the treasure is were. buried. Knew where they were buried, everything. And uh, they haven't changed to this day. And that was
1: 12, almost 13 years ago. And so w- w- at that point you decide, okay, I'm gonna find this stuff? Um, uh, I, after I figured out the
2: first 20, <laughs> my wife and I, I mean, we were living on a retirement income at that time. We we bought two tickets and we flew to Israel because I wanted to go out to Qumran and look at it myself. So we did our first night. We didn't know where to go to find a motel hotel. We didn't know. So first time we, in Israel, first day in Israel. Uh-huh. Yeah, we go, we go to the, the hotel because I, that was my first stop. I wanted to go there and then we thought it's getting dark. They're about to riot. The Palestinians were about to riot, and we could hear them. And I said, "We probably ought to go find some place to sleep." We go listen the Jaffa Gate Hostel
0: <laughs> in the old city.
2: In the old city, have you ever been there? No, it's but not one someplace you want to take your wife. Enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we spent the night there, and it was miserable jet lag. Uh, they gave us a nice room all to ourselves. the The mattresses were on the floor. And I was worried about getting itchy, if you know what I mean, oh, no. you know, cootie bugs or something. In yeah, the movie, yeah. nothing like that. Uh, they were very kind. They were Palestinian. They were very kind. They were very nice, and they brought us in a little electric heater. And as was a, a fire marshal when I was a, when I was before I
1: retired. I was a fire marshal. Guys, it would not have passed code. <laughs> the united states no oh. way for me no. no, that sounds like an indiana jones adventure <laughs> <laughs> it was i mean we just it's a litter we got two backpacks
2: she yeah. got one i got one and we jumped on an airplane here we go and then we come we come here we go to the hostel and we get up the next day and we try to find some place to go go eat and there there was two days later a gentleman the next night we slept in a hotel downtown jerusalem uh, there was a guy that came out, and he took us out to Qumran, and I looked at it, and I compared my nose to it, and everything matched
1: up, because I wanted to see it with my own eyes. Everything matched up perfectly.
0: And then, and, okay.
1: So you stood kind of, did you go and stand on the ground where where you had marked out the yes. spots and say, this is, yes. this is the point? Did you yes. feel
0: something? Did you... Yeah, like Ori Geller? Very, very. You should bring Uri Geller to help you find that. You know, right? <laughs> I was so. No, I have no clue. Who oh, that okay. Is. Well,
1: he's a men, He's an Israeli. He's like a, a legend here. He's like an Israeli mentalist. Yeah. And he was supposedly, he re- he, yeah. reportedly helped the Mexicans find uh, oil. I mean, you know, I'm half Mexican, believe maybe you'll help me believe it, it or not. Like, he flew on
0: a helicopter, he told them, Here, there's the oil, here, there's oil, and then supposedly they dug and they found it. Well, hey, never mind, it's a little, Just a joke. Uh, yeah, an inside <laughs> so, joke. Who uh, knows? Who knows? Um, so okay, but what, What then how, I mean, so. Did you dig and find a treasure or what?
2: De- no. No, no, no. It, I wouldn't... You can't I wouldn't just dig. Think of... No. No, you get caught anywhere, especially near a, a important site with a shovel or a <laughs> metal detector, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they have the right. They
0: got to protect it because you just... Anywhere in Israel, you stick a shovel, you might find something. But it's crazy because you have this amazing knowledge and what do you do with it now? Be patient.
2: Because it, it took me... From uh, December to June the 22nd to complete a document, my, my research document, is about 290 pages long approximately, and I've got everything done. I did it in the same format that the Israeli government did all does their antiquities reports, same format. I looked them up. I knew about reporting or, uh, Writing a report because I—that's what I did for a college. There, I wrote. I did uh, investigative report writing because there's a certain way you need to write all this. You got to be convincing. You got to be honest with it. And uh, I put together you gotta a pretty, provide sources. Pretty, yeah, you got to provide your sources. You got to provide all the details because it's like taking—it's like taking a case, a criminal case, and I'd say an arson, to the district attorney. I don't know what y'all call it here in Israel, but we take to the district attorney. He looks at it. He said, okay, we got a case here. Let's take it to the judge. Let's get our uh, search warrant, whatever we need. That's what I did for a living. So and
1: basically your mission at that point was to compile a report that would be convincing enough yes. that there are, there is treasure buried here yes. so that Israel will give you the uh, permission to, uh, to dig. And to how dig. did this
2: go? Incredibly well. The
1: college that I just told you about?
2: There was a Comanche lady there. Her name was Juanita Patapone. She called me into her office. She said, Jimmy, I think I can help you with your project. Well, i was like, yeah, right. But, you know, I was being kind to her. I said, okay. She said, I want you to give a demonstration or give a, a, a class about your stuff and on at lunchtime on this date, and we'll have the whole staff there. Well, they came. We had a great time. They loved it. She called me back into her office after I was done, and she said, okay. I really think I can help you with this, and I said, "How are you? How are you going to do that, Juanita?" She said, "I know somebody that w- works with the antiquities authority in Israel."
0: I said, Israel, "That's all you need." Hey, well, you know
1: some, what? Even, yeah, but what are the chances? Uh, yeah, Some—that's uh, true. This is a Native American, Native Co- Comanche, Comanche woman in, in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, knows <laughs> someone in the antiquities department here in Israel. True story. And you know what? <laughs> Jews everywhere. Wait a minute! it's not over. Yet. <laughs> She calls,
2: uh, she gets on the phone. She makes a couple of phone calls. I'm sitting there. She calls Betty. She start, don't tell me she starts speaking Yiddish. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she called some lady named Betty. Okay. And Betty gives her the number for this person she's talking about. I said, I said, Juanita, who is this person? I said, is he a janitor? Is he a secretary? What? She said, no, Jimmy. He is the head of the Antiquities Authority of Israel. The guy's name was Shuka Dorfman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a known name.
2: Yeah, it's a very well-known name.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: she calls him. She said, Shuka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, listen.
2: She oh, said, Shuka, I got a friend that's going to come see you. You need to help him. And, of course, he just and he, they were good friends because he was in the artillery. he I think he retired as an artillery general. He had gone to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, my hometown, he had gone there for artillery training. Juanita Patapone and her husband, he was Jewish. She had converted. They were sponsors for the military guys coming to train at Fort Sill. Wow. Shuka was one of them. Him, him and his wife, Talma, and their, their children.
1: That Amazing. was crazy. Amazing. And he
2: said, okay. Two, three weeks later, I'm in Jerusalem. He comes to the the uh, Jerusalem Inn where I'm staying at, a little cheesy inn. They pick they pick me up in their car. They take me to the Citadel Hotel overlooking the old city. Much better than the the, the Jaffa Gate than hostel. J- <laughs> <laughs> a little cleaner. But you know what? He picks me. takes me. We sit down at a table. Shuka's sitting at my right hand. Chris Knight, my buddy, sitting over here. Talma, his wife, is sitting over there. Uh, Shuker's wife. You need to give the pitch.
1: Which pitch? You need to give them the pitch at this point. Yes.
2: Yeah. I'm So I'm sitting there. I've got my research in my hand. And he finally, he asked me, okay, Mr. Barfield. He brought me a nice book. He did, you know, all the kind things you do as an Israeli. He did all this stuff. And he said, Mr. Barfield, what can I do for you? I said, Mr. Dorfman, it's what I'm going to do for you. He said, that scares me. <laughs> and I said, I'm serious. He said, what is it? He said, what are we here for i said you ever heard of the copper scroll he said of course i said well i think i figured it out you should have seen him guys he just melted his i could and he was very kind but he's said, oh
0: my god another word. <laughs> <Nuts>. another <laughs> wacko. meaning exactly ah,
2: okay. he thought i was nuts and he said mr barfield we're here let me see what you got listen i showed him the first location I opened it up. I showed it to him, and he's leaning back in his chair. You know, like I'm putting
1: him out. He's still a gentleman. But he's got background, and I mean, I'm assuming he's got background in archaeology, so he understands. it. Because no. I feel like if you opened up your research paper in front of me right now, I wouldn't be able to tell if you're a wacko or not because yes, I you wouldn't would. understand. Yes, you would. You I could would. Tell. Yes, I'm telling you, you could tell. Okay, it's
2: that simple. Okay, that's what he. he's he's leaning back and he's looking at it, and he's he, his eyes bug. And then I showed him location number two. He leans forward and he puts his... And location number three, he's he pulls it closer to him. When I got to location number four, which gets every one of them, he said stop. And I thought I thought he, I'd made him mad. I thought he was angry with me. It wasn't the case. He reached into his into his leather bag and he pulls out a phone. He dials it in Hebrew. He's talking, and I. I you only understand ancient no, I, Hebrew. ancient at Hebrew. At <laughs> I don't, that's modern stuff. He, he, but he does, he starts, he starts rattling off some stuff to the secretary. I could tell that. And then he gets to a certain point, and he said, can you come in Tuesday? I said, well, maybe yes, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, he, what he was doing, he was making arrangements to get Yitzhak Magen and Yuval Peleg there, Yuval was the the lead archaeologist out at, at Qumran, and Yitzhak Magen was over the entire uh, Judea Samaria and uh, the Gaza Strip. That was his. He was over all of it for the antiquities.
0: They come in. They come in. The shit begins to be serious. Oh, it's getting this, real serious. At this point, yeah. <laughs> what, what year is? At what point is it? Ten years ago. Two
2: thousand seven, I believe. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh about a year after I made the discovery. I think it was actually very near Hanukkah again. So I come in. They they walk in ahead of me. Where me and Chris are sitting out there waiting. They walk into Shuka's office. Then they call me in. Here we go again. I get my stuff. I lay it on the table. The younger guy, uh, Yuval Peleg, a wonderful guy, he's very interested. The older gentleman was angry to even be in the room with me. But the, uh, Shuka's sitting here, Yuval Pelig sitting here, and they're reading it. And in Hebrew, they're saying things that I couldn't understand. However, as an investigator, you always remember to have your recorder going. I had my recorder going on the table so that I wouldn't know what was being said later. Well, there was a rabbi waiting on me so he could translate whatever was said in the conversation. In the conversation, they said, uh, Yuval says to uh, Shuka Dorfman, oh, no, yeah, he said, I think this guy's done it, meaning Jim Barfield has figured out the Copper Scroll, and Shuka says to him in Hebrew, we'll tell him. He said, no, no, no. He said, I want to hear more. So I give him more. It was about, oh, gosh, I think it was maybe... It was Passover's whenever he agreed to do it. I, I called Yuval Pelag and I asked him, would you be the lead archaeologist on this project? And he said, I would love to.
1: That's a smart move.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 And he said, I'd love to. Well, it wasn't until December that I came back. And so it was 2007, December 2007. And then we didn't actually do the excavation until April because during that time frame, there was a police action going on and he was a lieutenant colonel in a tank. Reserves. Batali- yeah, in yeah. The- so okay, so
1: a... so yeah. So where does kind of where where does the excavation
0: lead? When does it begin? Where does it lead to? It didn't and where find does it anything, stand anything today? Yet, right? Is that true? Like you didn't find treasure yet? No, we did not find treasure,
2: but we only went three feet deep. Remember, on the cover scroll, twelve well, feet. Twelve feet. Yeah. And I so said, how come you
1: only went three feet?
2: Well, we were at the at a cave, a particular cave out there where I believe there's a cave at. And we started digging, and Yuval got a phone call. The phone call, he looked at me, looked at and he walked away from us. And he's on this phone call, and he comes back, and he said, "Uh, that looks like two meters. I said, Yuval, unless you're nine feet tall, that is not two meters. It only came up to three feet on him. I said, that's not two meters. He said, yeah, it's close enough. Somebody had told him to shut it down. That's what happened, and I've well, what I think it was. This is getting dark. Yeah, here's what I think it was. It was the call came from the United States. There was a uh, there was a big archaeological meeting going on, and there was a gentleman that was at that meeting that absolutely hated me because you know I was claiming to be able to understand the copper scroll. I do know how to understand the copper scroll. But he was angry about it. So he found out that Yuval Peleg, they were digging based on my research. And they were angry because they've got to sub- submit all this paperwork, do all this stuff. And Jim Barfield comes over here and just says, would you mind? And they said, oh, okay, let's go. That's pretty much how it all happened. Once they saw my research, they were so in- interested that they provided
0: the diggers, they provided the equipment, and we went but out there and Was started. there a big breakthrough? In the past 10 years, something yeah. specific? that you mm-hmm. Yeah, there wanted. was.
2: Uh, I got a phone call from New York. There was a, You had some political elections coming up here in Israel. They were raising funds for a gentleman that was running for the Knesset. Well, he got it, and he, he was already in the Knesset, and he became the uh, deputy speaker of the Knesset, and he came over to New York. I came, went to New York just to speak to him. And I was showing him my research. By the time I had showed him the four locations, he was in. He was on board with me. He was saying, Mr. Barford, why are you not digging? I said, because your government won't let me. He said, what do you mean they won't let you? And I Where explained it to him. Who was it? Yeah. His name is um, Moshe Faglin.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. regardless,
2: <laughs> regardless of what you might think of his politics no I just voted for him <laughs> I love the guy uh, and he's got chutzpah and there right. is no doubt about that because he said to me he said Jimmy you know what when, is the next come year, when are you coming to Israel again I said one month he said meet me at Qumran I said why he said I'll do the scan I've got diplomatic immunity they can't do anything to me <laughs> and I did. I showed up, and I was walking up to there. I got it's, it's my equipment's was small, to, but it's powerful equipment. We're walking up there, and I, I turned to Moshe. and I said, Moshe. I said, "Are you sure we're not going to get in trouble for this?" He said, "No." He I has said, immunity. "What? Yeah, he has I'm immunity. A, yeah, I'm. A, well, yeah, but I don't have immunity. <laughs> I'm walking well. up there with him, and I said, Moshe." You don't know? He said, no, I don't know. I said, have you got an attorney? He said, of course. I said, is he going to protect me? He said, probably not. And we just go, I looked at Chris, and I said, oh, my gosh, we are in. We're going to do this no matter what happens. We go up there. We start the scanning. The guard comes up, got his guns on. He comes over there, and Must I said, let me speak. He talked to him. The guy gets on the phone, and he calls down to uh, the buildings down below where you know all the bosses are at. I knew the guys down there, because I'd had a meeting with them just a few months before. Yeah, you'd already been here digging.
1: Yeah, no, ah, okay. no, no, no. This is then, in the same location. Yeah, it it's a different location. It
2: wouldn't. That wasn't about that. They, I had a uh, um, Etan Campbell. He was the head of uh, Masada. Hmm. He and I were buds. We met on a rod. We go to the same little bar, the restaurant. We drink beer and talk. Anyway, he sets up a meeting with the head of Qumran, the head of. Uh, Uh, the National Parks Authority, the lead archaeologist for the National Parks Authority, and several other dignitaries within that organization. They meet me at Qumran. I show them my research. One, two, three, four. The guy that that was the archaeologist, he looked at me as he came in. He said, Mr. Barfield, he said, I apologize. I told you I'd be here an hour. He said, I'm sorry. I can only stay 30 minutes. And I told him this. I said, if I can't convince you in the first 15 minutes, I will walk you out to the car, open the door for you, and hug you and turn you loose. An hour and a half later, he was still sitting there. He was going, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, and so he So what's did the, br-
0: the breakthrough? What the, breakthrough the breakthrough was the scan.
2: Guys, we scanned four locations.
0: What do you mean by scan?
2: Scanned, we took this
0: big metal
2: detector. The head on this metal detector is six feet wide, six feet long. You know, most beach when you go to the beach, I got the little metal detectors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one was huge. It'll go down to 50 feet. It can tell between difference between ferrous and non-ferrous metals. Which is non-ferrous metals or what?
0: We gotta we gotta wake the guy up because uh, we can hear him.
1: <laughs> okay, so it's six feet it's six feet wide, it's okay. It's six feet wide and it can it can detect the different types of metals.
2: Yes, it detects the different types of metals. Gold is non ferrous, silver non ferrous. unless the guys at Qumran were having a big party with, you know, aluminum cans out there. There's no reason for non ferrous metals to be out there. And the, the 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 signature that we got was sixty feet long. Hmm. And it showed a large amount of non-ferrous metals. Four locations we scanned, all four of them showed non-ferrous metals. That's huge. And huge amounts, not a little amount. How, how come huge we
0: amount? didn't hear about it in the media or stuff like that?
2: Because at the time, we were being very secretive about it. Because we didn't know how to handle this information. Well, we know what to do with it now. We're telling everybody. We, I did a, a presentation at Qumran today. I've done probably four of them in the last few days. I'm taking people out there. I'm taking um, what I really want are Israelis to go out there with me and take a look at it. I want to get, uh, I want to get people from the Knesset involved. This belongs to Israel, not to Jim Barfield. I don't, I don't want any of it. I want to give it back to Israel because that's where it belongs. And I really feel like God allowed me to see these things so
1: I could give it back to you guys. It's so, I mean, the, the whole story of how they stopped you, it, it's very peculiar. And I feel there's a lot of, there's a lot more to talk about, but we don't have much time where, what are the next steps? What, what, I mean, is there, That's is perfecting. there, a, is there another, is there some date on the horizon that hopefully excavations will begin? Is there some no. obstacle? Here's, the obstacle
2: is exactly what I'm saying. That's why we're going to the Knesset. I, I, I went from the bottom up last time and I got quite a ways. However, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm gonna. I want to go talk to Bibi Netanyahu. I want to show him, look, here it is. Here's all the evidence. He love
1: it. <laughs> I mean, this would be amazing. These are these are tools that were used in the first temple. Yes. These are massive amounts of treasures. Massive amounts. I mean, the wow. the economy over here would
2: skyrocket after all that came into. But it's only supposed to be used for the temple, not yeah. for anything else. And you do that, your your country's going to explode
1: with you. <inaudible> <laughs> there's the there's a couple of uh, cases open against the prime minister, as I'm sure you know. So well, yeah, there's I four. Did. There's each one is one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand. They call it. So maybe after he finds these treasures, there'll be case five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no We're comment. Uh, <laughs>
0: anyway, so uh, okay. So but what about funds? Is that an issue as well? No, guys. Okay. I'm telling you, uh, you give me. Oh, it's only like Two guys, or two shovels.
2: And we'll know in two hours whether or not that's... So it's happened. only
0: bureaucracy that's not... Yeah, thinking. it's
2: bureaucracy. It's politics. It's, you know, the, of course, the the Egyptians are going to claim it's theirs because what happened? Um, Moshe and, uh, and Aaron... Called for all the people are the, traveling through the wilderness
1: with the tabernacle. Bring us your gold and silver. You think That's where it came from. A you, bunch of it. You think that that, that that part of it is that the government is worried about controversy that this might that this might ignite? Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Controversy, it could, it could stir up a lot of things. Start
0: a war?
2: It, possibly. Sure.
0: Because people like Fla- Faglian would go, okay, we need to now utilize it to build a temple. And then for, to do that, we need to destroy the mosque. Yeah and stuff like that but uh <laughs> wait but so no, no 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 i,
1: I mean yeah it, it, it could cause i mean money that kind of treasure always stirs the pot money money will turn your family yeah, against. You. yeah i yeah. mean it's crazy but so you i mean i want to go back to one point and then we'll wrap it up that you're at this site beginning with, with Yuval peleg when you're digging and you're only three feet deep and he says two meters the conversation couldn't have ended there i mean you must have been like no this is i mean let's measure it i I what did he say he said he said that's it we're done no we went down we went down he promised me five locations
2: to test we did that one we did uh one in the, one of the little cisterns and you know one a little bit further and it only went about two feet deep in that one and we went up 10 inches deep in in the cistern ridiculous but but at all each time like, he
1: said what stop yeah, that's it that, that's it that's good but we uh, and how did he explain himself because you i mean in your research you say it's 12 feet yeah so how did he say stop after 10 inches
2: he's the boss
1: that he, he he said basically the, he no question he said don't ask me any questions we're stopping yeah, he, yeah we're,
2: we're he was very kind don't get me wrong he was very kind and he wanted to help me I know he
0: did someone put a stick in his yeah, hand.
2: yeah that's it exactly and he, and, he, and I, he, unfortunately he's passed now mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, to his family I owe him a huge debt of appreciation
0: there's also a documentary that you filmed right or a tv show or about yeah. that issue yeah
2: there's uh
0: two tv shows that i filmed
2: here recently in the last part of march, uh, march april yeah last part of march first part of april i can't tell you the names because because of contractual agreements i can't say anything of who they are but they're very big networks and it will be seen here in israel I'm cool. sure. yeah
1: amazing. Okay, and if people are interested, they can find uh, the the uh, Copper Scroll project online. Yeah, just Google whatever Maybe. search engine you use. There's the book. Yeah, and then there's the book, the Copper Scroll.
2: It's on Amazon and a lot of the bookstores are really starting to pick up because it's starting to sell now. Can people wow. help
0: you in any way? Yeah. How?
2: Pray. <laughs> Very serious. Very serious. That's all I need from them. I don't need their money. Uh, we we've got uh, I've got a gentleman that's supporting me on this, and guys, it's it's not going to take a lot of money to dig those things up, but I do need them to pray, and I mean that with all my heart, because that is what got me here to this point. I mean, think about it: a fireman from Lawton, Oklahoma, comes to Israel, and now they've already conducted one excavation based on my research and people are loving it. And I want to invite you two to come out to Qumran with me. And I will show you that this is not a joke. This is a real deal. And I want all the people in Israel to find out about this. And the people that have come here from Israel are going to, they're saying, I'm going to tell my friends you got to. Open and will you come back? Will you show us? Like, yeah, I will come back and I will give more presentations.
1: You know, every every, uh, venture today needs a hashtag, so you guys have to have a hashtag, the Copper Scroll Project or something get it started on social media so people will start sharing and you know yeah. what I mean you need you need we want to create a storm out of this so. yeah but i don't i'm 64 <laughs> years old
2: i don't know how to create a media you storm you need an instagram I, account you need a I facebook page facebook.
0: <laughs> you just need to appear on a good podcast that's it.
2: there there you go yeah and uh, guys put it out there and tell them we will i don't i don't want money i want them to to pray i want them to uh you know, talk to their Knesset members, talk to, that's how they can help, mm-hmm. yeah. is to tell their neighbors, talk to their neighbors
1: about it. And so guys, get informed, check it out, the Copper Scroll Project online, you can find the book by Shelley Neese, nice. mm-hmm. they have a website with a lot of great content on there, check them out, the Copper Scroll Project.
0: And uh, stay alert for the upcoming uh, documentaries.
1: Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such you. a Thanks. pleasure, <laughs> guys.
2: I very much enjoyed this. Uh, you too. guys have been, and I, and I apologize
0: for the problems I've had the yeah. last few times. But it's I, hard, of w- and
2: you want me to come back? I will come back and
0: tell you more. That's amazing. Well, we we after will take you, you up on that. After okay. you find the gold and you're a huge international <laughs> star, don't you'll forget come here us. with one this big talent. first place, right here. I'm <laughs> coming here. Don't forget us. So before we go, we have a, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal. It's a Jewish uh, website and uh, in a newspaper in Los Angeles. They're at uh, uh, jewishjournal.com. And there you can find articles and podcasts and they help us out. So check them out, guys. And
1: and uh, guys, we do this on our free time. So we accept donations to njb.com slash donate. We do Thank- need donations. Always. Yeah.
0: <laughs> unlike the Copper Scroll Project. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. It's such a My pleasure. pleasure. Absolutely. And good luck. Bye, guys. Thanks.